Here's a quick note from our guest today. Yeah, what they're listening to is a guy that's all in with his Catholic faith. And I, I'm, I'm Catholic not because I've got everything figured out. I'm Catholic because I'm a mess. And the Catholic Church, for me, is not a museum of saints. It's a hospital for sinners. That, that's why I'm Catholic. It's the ultimate hospital. It's the emergency room. It's triage for everyday life. And I plug in there because I know that nothing in the world has ever been able to give me what it is that I'm looking for. And that's that, that deep joy, deep happiness rooted in God. These things are good, but they, they've, never, they've never given any person what it is that, that they're fully looking for in life. And, and God is enough uh, for me. And so that's, you know, that's who I am and what I'm about. You're listening to the Pursuit of Purpose podcast. Wisdom, stories, and advice from successful entrepreneurs and inspirational people. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on another episode of the Pursuit of Purpose. My name is Chris Kiefer, and today I am sitting down with John Leonetti. Before I get into an introduction about John, I want to remind everybody that I am on Instagram, um, and I created a podcast uh, Instagram account. Uh, previously, I'd been telling people to go to Chris Kiefer. Uh, underscore net, but the Instagram handle now and moving forward will be pursuit of purpose dot pod. So you can find that on Instagram, pursuit of purpose dot pod. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm happy to uh, engage with anyone there. You can um, participate, submit questions, leave comments. Um, and I'm starting to uh, clip up and um, post more um, sound bites and whatnot from previous episodes and uh, the future episodes that we have. Now back into the podcast for today, John Leonetti is a Catholic speaker, author, and radio host. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining us today, John. Thanks, brother. Tell us a little bit about uh, who you are. Uh, well, I, I'm a, a broken man who sits before you and uh, am in need of, uh, of Christ Jesus in my life. And uh, I am a man of, uh, with a, a beautiful wife back home in, in Des Moines. I'm on the road right now, uh, Iowa, and uh, have two children, our son, Joseph Augustine. He's Catholic. Uh, and our daughter, Gianna. So, of course, when I travel, I always... I always keep them in my heart, but this is what I do. I get the great opportunity being able to travel about uh, seven months out of the year and give uh, keynotes and parish missions. Parish missions is just kind of like Catholic e-talk for a retreat for busy people. So each evening, uh, three consecutive evenings, I give about an hour and 10 minutes of uh, a presentation. And um, otherwise, besides that, I'll be at men's conferences and, and other places too. And authored a few books as well. And uh, yeah, here I am. How does one become... Uh what you are now. <laughs> and um, tell me a little bit about your origin story. Yeah, this was always my dream. Um, I, ever since I was a kid, I, I grew up in a pretty nominal Catholic family. Uh, you know, we went to mass every Sunday, but mom was told by a priest that if you made it before the first reading, that it still counted. And, uh, you know, dad would kind of sit and tuck himself into the corner of the pew and quote unquote, rest his eyes. Uh, he put him to sleep, put himself to sleep pretty quick. And then uh, my sister and mom would just argue the whole time. But I, I, from a young age, was really asking some pretty deep questions about the faith because, you know, to me, this was either a giant waste of time or it was the most important thing I would ever do. Because if there really is a God, I, I was thinking at a young age, then this is the most important thing. And if there's not a God, then this is a, the biggest waste of time that I could possibly do. So I started asking some pretty deep questions, uh, questions that my parents really didn't have answers to. And so I started to go to people that, that did. 
uh, people in my life, uh, my, my pastor. Uh, I also went to a deacon that was, uh, has become, you know, a great role model and example to me of what faith is all about. And I, over and over again, I just kept asking why, why we teach this, why we do this. Uh, I, I wasn't asking what, and it's kind of a generational gap. If you're ga- Catholic, you, you'd understand this. Kind of the older generations, they would ask kind of what to believe, or they were just kind of taught to memorize the faith. But the younger generations, um, I think, that are happening especially today are asking a very different question. Not what to memorize, but why we believe what it is that we believe. And again, those are really two fundamentally different questions. And I, that was a question I started asking. And the questions to me, when, when I, they would be explained and when I would go deeper in it and really with a searching heart, um, I, I, they just made sense. You know, I mean, they, they really just made sense. Well, I, I really just kind of fell in love with my faith um, later on in high school, really just decided to go all in in my, my latter years of high school. And uh, I, I ended up actually joining the seminary. I went to the seminary to study to be a priest for three and a half years. Um, and in the seminary, they teach you kind of a, a really different process. It's something that isn't just for professional Catholics or, you know, churchy people. It's really something for all of us that are people of faith. And um, they really taught me how to discern. And discernment is kind of a, a big word, I think. And a lot of times we think we know what it means, but we really don't. Discernment asks not what it is that I want out of a given situation, but what it is that God wants of me. And so I started really asking that question over and over again. And over those three and a half years, it's not done in a vacuum. It was done with some really good priests, many of my brother, uh, you know, brother seminarians, who many of which went on to become priests and some left and got married. Um, but I, I, I really came to an understanding that God wasn't calling me to be a priest. I thought the only way to go out and do things like this was to be a priest, to kind of speak. Uh, and so I thought I was in the right place, but I came to understand that God wasn't calling me to that. So I left and I went back home to live with my parents. They were really excited. And uh, after that, I, I, it really kind of started organically, just kind of one parish would call and then they would kind of, th- that priest would tell a buddy of his and then I'd go out and, and that priest would tell a buddy of his. But, you know, for two years, I had to supplement that with a job to make some money. And so this is actually a true story. I actually started a grilled cheese stand at Iowa <laughs> University. At, uh, and so from Thursday, Friday and Saturday nights with a buddy from 4 p.m. until uh, about 4 a.m., about 12 hours, we would go out on the streets of Ames, Iowa, right there on Welch Avenue, and sell grilled cheese sandwiches. And um, that would kind of supplement my income because then I would go out Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday and uh, and speak. And then it just got to the point where you know it, it it I was going out a ton, and so I just kind of moved that grilled cheese stand aside. And and here I am today, uh, about 10 years later, and uh, out on the road full time and enjoying life. That's awesome. So you, it sounds like you have some entrepreneurial uh, genes in you. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, that's my passion. I, I love just kind of working quote unquote for myself. I mean, my boss, I always say is our Lord, but you know, I, I love just kind of working for myself and, and creating like that. It's just always been a big passion for me. And what does your, um, this is something that I'm just fascinated by and I, um, I hope to interview and talk to a couple of the other big name um, people in the Catholic world. But what does your business look like um, as far as, uh, and that's, uh, yeah, I guess just johnleonetti.com. Do you have any like full-time, part-time employees? Um, I'm sure there's like people that you call on to help edit books and whatnot. Oh, sure. But what is the the business side of what you do look like? Well, there's a lot. Um, Writing is a team 
uh, it's a team sport. I mean, anyone that's ever written a book knows that they didn't write that by themselves. Uh, 99% of people, uh, you know, it goes through, I, I hire four different editors to go through mine, uh, content editor as well to comb through it, tell me what sounds ridiculous or what doesn't make sense, or this page needs to go here, or how about thinking about this? And so, you know, for me, writing's a whole process and I, I'm much better at, um, kind of oratory so i'm much better at communicating with my uh with words than i'm writing so it normally takes me a little bit longer but so that's that whole process and when i'm working on a book you know depending on any writer knows that some days you've got it you know some days i pump out five thousand ten thousand words and some days i i can't get a sentence together so it's really just kind of all dependent on on the way i feel on that day um, and then besides that, of course, like taking little mini blog posts, uh, I do my, my radio show every morning for Iowa Catholic radio. So throughout the state of Iowa, and I take that on the road with me from seven to eight, uh, every morning, central time, I do a, a Catholic radio show and, um, you know, so it's just, there's a lot of kind of balls in the air that I'm juggling, but I, I've seemed to make it work. And then of course, when I'm home, I'm home. That's the nice thing is, you know, I, I go home tomorrow uh, in South Carolina right now. And so when I go home, I'm going to, you know, hang out and just be present with my kids all day and the next day and the next day and then leave again. So it's kind of a different lifestyle. It works for our family, but, um, you know, I really try to be present to my wife and my kids when I'm home and that's, that just really works out. And then by the end of those three or four days, my wife's ready to get me back on the road again. Hmm. So you, um, the, when you said you you left seminary, you got um, you were running the grilled cheese stand. Um, do tell me, I'm, I'm curious about like the first paid talk that you gave. Was that the, I'm assuming the first one was at your own church potentially was a paid talk? No, no, actually, uh, it was. A, I put a website together and um, I sent an email out to some of my uh, friends that became priests, and I said, guys, this is what I'm I'm starting, and I'd love to come to your parish. And you know, I I kind of. When, when you're in the seminary, you kind of get to know the whole world of a priest. Um, mm. And so I, I was able to kind of enter into that world. And many of my close friends are priests right now. So I, I know that world well. And so I kind of, you know, when, when I knew I needed to put a parish mission together, most of our priests are extremely busy. They get 98 things that are put on their on their plate a day, and they're really only able to get to three. So I, I really wanted to make this as absolutely easy as possible. So I put the whole program together. I put marketing materials together, uh, had some of that stuff designed, and just said, here's the package. And if you guys want this package, um, I'd be happy to come in for those three days. I'm going to do everything for you. I'm going to make this basically, yeah, we can do it. We want to do it. Here are the dates that work for us or no. And mm. that, that was just kind of something that really just kind of took off and worked well. And, and it still continued today. I kind of got a whole package for the mission and, um, uh, you know, the phone call doesn't consist of much more than we want these dates for the simple fact that they kind of already know everything of what they're getting in it. So, yeah. And so the, the thing that I'm, I am 28 and I, the reason I started this podcast was because. Um, really it's an excuse for me to have more meaningful conversations with people that maybe otherwise wouldn't have time. <laughs> so it's a podcast and now people feel good because other people have the possibility of hearing it. Um, but I, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is, um, not just kind of falling into the motions of our life and potentially careers, um, and whatnot. I just, I really feel that 
everybody has a purpose. Obviously, from a um, from a Catholic perspective, I do think that God has a plan for everybody. But um, I just think everyone, whether you're religious or not, um, has some unique set of skills that are going to be um, critical in a like a particular career or life that um, you live. It seems like from just hearing your beginning story that you kind of like, I don't know, it seems like you had it all figured out fairly early on. Um, is that like you kind of just knew this is what I want to do. You tried out the seminary. And then we're, you obviously gained a lot of knowledge there, I'm sure. And then also um, determined that, it, you know, there's maybe a different, like, tweaking to your plan that you might need to do. But how did, like, what does the pursuit of purpose look like? And is that still, um, and you, can, you might call it something else, but are you still kind of struggling to, to define exactly what it is that you're supposed to be doing in this world? I mean, it, it's kind of a... A different question and and i might come to a different answer than a lot of your other guests because for me purpose isn't success to me purpose is faithfulness um and and that takes a long time i think for all of us to be able to get and i have to i i have to be reminded of that a lot that what success looks like in the world you know for me as a catholic and and i'm a i love philosophy i love to read you know, in the end, if, if what I'm actually out there doing is true, if what I'm talking about, if, if all of this God stuff is really true, then in the end, there's, there are two, as a Catholic, there are two things I believe that my immortal soul is going to stay in one of two states for the rest of my life, heaven or hell. And so for me, the only real tragedy is, is hell. That's the only last tragedy, eternal separation from God. So heaven is the only thing. So what gets me to heaven? Well, success doesn't get me to heaven because I've never seen an ATM at a, a cemetery. You know, our body, we're <laughs> going to die. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much fame you have. You know, in the end, your body's going in the ground and it's going to become worm food. You know, you, you, you're, mm. you are going to go back to dust. And so, you know, I none of that, we don't take anything with us. And so for me, I, I have to remind myself that success equals faithfulness. That, that success is, is, you know, move that aside. Um, and, and that's just kind of what I've really tried to train my brain to, to understand. And, and again, it's a work in progress for me all the time. Now, I mean, as for what I'm doing, am I passionate about it? Yes. I love doing what I'm doing, you know, but it's always at the service of those two things. I want to be in heaven and I want to get as many people there as possible. Now, of course, there's a business side to all of this. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have helped me and kind of coached me up for this, but, you know, I, as for speaking, um, I, I enjoy it. I, I'm passionate about it. I never saw myself doing anything different uh, ever in my life. I mean, this was the goal day one for me. And, um, you know, the Lord has really opened up a lot of doors. And you kind of look back now for me and I see that this isn't all by accident. Um, you know, that, that there are a lot of things that happened to be able to get me, you know, to, to be speaking at conferences, you know, with five or 10,000 people. And as I said, we're all going in the ground. It's just a matter of if all this is true that I really believe, and I do believe it, I'm all in on it. Then, you know, my, my biggest goal has to be heaven. Um, and the only tragedy, there's only one and that's hell. So, uh, for me, I, I, I need that reminder. And a lot of people have helped to remind me that just like I'm trying to remind other people in it and, um, and we're on our way. That's life. Hmm. I think the one thing that I have been like wrestling with personally as I meet um, any any religious organization or even like the nonprofits that I've come across in the world, um, I feel like 
passionate and like, I guess, just, yeah, just frustrated that I feel like sometimes people put too much emphasis on being a ministry. Um, and this is the part where I struggle. Like, I believe there's a joke that I've heard um, that I think just paints this perfectly. And that is, uh, you know, a guy crashes onto a deserted island and um, he's praying just for, for, like consistently asking God to save him. And a boat comes by and they're like, hey, you know, um, you need help? We can take you off this island back to the mainland. He's like, no, 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 no. God will save me. God will save me. And another boat comes by. Same thing. Another boat comes by. And eventually the guy dies out on the island and he gets to heaven. And he's like, God, like I had so much faith. Like, why didn't you help me? And he's like, well, I sent you three boats. What else did you want me to do? Right. And I feel like there's that balance of we have that we have actual assets and our mind and our business savviness and whatnot in that God gave us. And how do you find the balance of, yeah, we, we are a ministry, but at the same time, we have to run as a smart business um, so that we actually can communicate our message to a broader audience or even do it at all. Yeah. There, there's a saying in, in our church, um, you pray as though everything depended on God and you work as though that um, everything depended on you. You know, mm. so you, we work hard, but we pray hard as well. So what, what keeps me focused, as I said before, on the ultimate end and the goal of faithfulness is prayer. So my prayer time. Uh, but the, as I said, there, there's definitely a business side to this. You know, I mean, someone's got to, uh, you know, make the phone calls and, and uh, you know, answer the emails and, and call. And, you know, I got to explain some things sometimes, then actually go out and do the legwork. So there's totally a side on that, too. But, you know, when you're when you're doing it with the, the meaning and purpose um, that, that we got, you know, the foundation then that work, it, it doesn't become a burden. It becomes a joy. Um, so that, that mm. for me is, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt we, we can't neglect those responsibilities and important things. That certainly wouldn't be what, what our Lord is, is asking of us, nor should we waste the gifts and talents that, that he's given us, mm. uh, and be able to utilize those and find those, you know, Thomas Aquinas talked a lot about this. He said, if you want to find your purpose in life, if you want to find the very reason, uh, and, and thing to do here on this planet, he said, look out into the world and find a grave need. Find what the world needs the most and then look into your heart after you found some need and see what gifts he's given you. And if you can combine those two things, then that's your purpose. That's why you're here. So what does the world need and what gifts has he given you to fulfill that need? That's why mm. we're here is to fill some kind of need in this world for our God. And the, the you know we figure that out by looking at what we have and then filling it, going to work. Right, right. Yeah, I like that. Um, this is such a, a random side note, but I, I do think it's indicative of a bigger problem. And that is, I was, I was looking for some various Catholic speakers that I could interview on this podcast. And I just typed in Catholic speakers or big name Catholic speakers, I think, and on Google and you were running Google AdWords. And I was like, I don't know. I've never heard of John. Maybe that's my own fault. Not to say that it's anything against the work that you have done, but I just I I don't I don't know very many Catholic speakers. Even though I've been raised Catholic, on you know we are very faithful Catholics, but I immediately was like, I want to talk to this guy because there I feel like there are so many people that I have met and come across that um, 
are just very, and this is the thing where I feel uh, like it's also probably a flaw in my own uh, journey, but uh, feeling like there's like the end of the spectrum where, and obviously Google AdWords is nothing that's like too crazy, but at the same time, there are many organizations and individuals that have never even examined that or Facebook ads or creating content and putting it out on a regular basis um, with the idea of, you know, trying to create a funnel for whatever it is that you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, don't, I guess I don't even know if I have a question from that other than like, um, I just like, what else do you feel like you do that is maybe um, not or like non-traditional in the sense of other people that you know that are doing this work? that you you feel kind of proud about or like excited to be experimenting with things, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> I wish I could take credit for all of this, but I, I, I have people that are helping me. Um, I don't have people that work directly for me, but I'll outsource different things. And so when it comes to marketing and stuff, I, I'll kind of dabble in, in a lot of that and try to get some stuff work. And, and I, I know I could do it. The thing is, is I, I just don't want to put the time into that when other people can do it a lot quicker than mm. I. So I've, I've really um, kind of over the last 10 years, I've really tried to funnel in what, what am I good at? What are my strengths? The gifts that God has given me and then just triple down on that quadruple down on that and if I can do that then I can kind of bring other people in to do some of the things that's going to take me three days to do when it could take them an hour um, right, right. So I learned that the hard way because I really tried to early on just kind of take everything on and you know I spent I don't know how many weeks building a website and, <laughs> and it just kind of got to the point was what why am I wasting my time when I could just go write something or talk into a camera and that's the gift that God's given me and someone else can do this, you know. And then again, this is, I don't know, I, I just get obsessed with stuff like this. One of the things that I've noticed um, is, and this is really in like the last six months that I've started paying more attention to this. It seems like a very, very high percentage of religious speakers um, and not just Catholic, but just people that are trying to make a living doing this. There's a, a, a huge move towards... Um, like a subscription model for content. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Is that something that you have ever considered? Or maybe you do do this, but I, um, I'm not aware of it. Yeah, I, I'm definitely aware of it. I have not dabbled into that. I put together courses. So mm -hmm. I have a course right now called Simplify uh, on Teachable that, uh, that I run. But um, besides that, I don't really have any kind of like subscription based. Most of my stuff that I put out there is free. Uh, mm. except for the course and, uh, you know, my books, if you got them, but I, you know, I'm one of those guys that, uh, I just kind of believe in that feed, 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 ask, you know, and if mm. they, if they enjoy the smaller content stuff that I send out, then I'll ask them to buy my book. And if they, they enjoy that, then maybe they want to take a course or, or bring me out to talk. But yeah, so, I mean, I, and again, that again kind of keeps me sane too, and uh, keeps me a reminder for me that you know this is I'm at service of God. Right, right. Really, why I'm here. What type of um, content do you put out regularly? So I have a weekly email devotional that I send out. That's pretty short. Um, that you, you can uh, subscribe to. That's free. And so every Wednesday morning, very early, uh, you wake up to an email, just a reminder of what's the most important thing in your life, and that's that's our Lord. So something there. I always put a little line of a saint quote and one line prayer. 
Uh, and then below, if there's opportunities, you know, I, I go to Rome. If people want to check out some of that stuff or get my books, they can do that as well. But the main purpose of that is to feed them, to give them, you know, something spiritual for their week. Um, mm. And then I, I honestly, I am all into Facebook. Uh, I'm a Facebook guy. I, I'm a believer in Facebook. I think you, you don't bet against Facebook, and uh, I haven't. I, you know, most of my audience is a little bit older, so I would say anywhere between 40 to 60 or 40 to 70 is my audience. So they're not really a lot of them are on Twitter or Instagram. I mm. put stuff out there on Twitter and Instagram, um, but my main heavy focus is putting those videos on my Facebook page, putting, you know, uh, my blog post, posting all of that up. So really trying to feed them there. Mm. Uh, and then of course, you know, going out and literally giving these, these talks is another way that, you know, they, they show up, they don't, uh, you know, they, the parishes uh, don't charge. They just come and, and listen to a talk and there it is. Right. Right. I actually am a big, big fan of that approach you're talking about, especially in today's world where there are so many, uh, secular, people that are just dumping out content on a daily basis, multiple times a day. And, uh, and I, I, I know that it does work to some degree because, you know, they're obviously making money, but I think that the majority of the people that are subscribing are older. Um, and the younger people that arguably need these messages more are definitely not going to be paying for, you know, a, a monthly newsletter or like a secret video that I can't find online otherwise. You know what I mean? Right. right. Yeah, I think uh, you're exactly right. So, I mean, it's, you know, and a lot of times some of those bigger name marketers, who they're marketing to are other marketers. And so mm -hmm. it, there's a space for it. Um, right. But, you know, for me, I'm, I'm not necessarily marketing to other marketers. I'm, I'm bringing stuff out there to help people, hopefully grow in, in relationship with God. And, and it just, for me, it just takes something I'm passionate about and that's what I try to relay. And absolutely, you know, it's nothing, it's nothing uh, that I think a lot of people can't do uh, really when it comes down to it, just take something you're passionate about and go out there and evangelize it. For right. me, I don't see anything else more important than, than God. Um, so that's what I'm passionate about and that's what I'm out there evangelizing. Right. Um, what big challenges do you have um, in your work or is there anything that kind of has surprised you or unexpected in your journey of, um, of being a speaker and author and whatnot? Uh, probably the biggest surprise for me is how well this has worked for my family. Um, how well this lifestyle has, has really worked because I was warned about it a lot. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I, I guess the Lord gave me the perfect woman because she's <laughs> incredible and he knew I was going to need it. And, and I know it sounds maybe cheesy or cliche, but this, this style, I mean, are there tough days? Yeah, there's a lot of tough days, you know, is it a joy walking through O'Hare airport and realizing you're three hours delayed? No, it's horrendous. Um, so there's opportunities there to, to offer that up, but at the same time, this has just worked for my family and my wife's incredible with it. Um, I get a lot of time with my family. It sounds like, well, he's on the road all the time. I'm really, when I'm home, I said I'm home, you know, and I got buddies that are in the corporate world, world trying to climb the ladder and, you know, I mean, they leave before their kids wake up and they're home when they're in bed. So, I mean, I get to see my kids, I think more than a lot of other people in the business world. Uh, get to do so that's been a joy for me too so you know that's probably the biggest surprise and praise god it's a good surprise for me mm, that's awesome and a challenge that people have that don't go all in you i would say i have not gone all in on this 
on things that I am passionate about or feel like, like my wife and I, we give uh, NFP talks to engaged encounters. Um, but we also aren't like NFP speakers. So our, you know, our Facebook and Instagram is not all about that, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So the challenge is when you're kind of riding the fence between just saying, I am a Catholic speaker versus I am a, you know, atheist, secular person that's like trying to make friends with everybody in the world, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's more, it's, it's much easier if you would just, or, and this is my assumption. I don't know if you ever went through a period where you were on the fence a little bit, but does that make sense? Like once you say publicly and on multiple different channels that this is who you are, there seems, it seems to me like there would be some freedom in that. Oh, there is. There's freedom and commitment. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's what it all comes down to is to commit to something, the committed life, you know, as Aristotle said, uh, and that's where freedom is. A lot of times, you know, people think freedom is to do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. That's not freedom. You know, you sit on the fence too long, the iron begins to rot the soul, like the Bible says. So you, you mm. get off one side or the other. And, and when you make that choice, you make that commitment. There's a ton of freedom in that. You know, I, I'm one of the most free guys in the world and I'm married. You know, the, the world doesn't look at, say, marriage as freedom, you know, even the way we talk about it or, or as our buddies about it, you know, ball and chain, you say, mm -hmm. or things like that. It's like, no, this is this is freedom. I've got not one woman that, that I, I'm, I'm with for the rest of my life. That's freedom, not not where I'm single and hopping around. So mm -hmm. I think that's that's a big thing and, and a, a confusing, I think, point that, that the world we've got to straighten out in our world today, the committed life. Mm. And then what do you, so the 40 to 70, you mentioned the, do you try to, um, reach a, I feel like the, the other part of that demographic would be 40 to 70 people that are currently Catholic or nominally Catholic. Um, is that correct? Is that an correct assumption? You're not necessarily yeah. going out to people that are not, uh, you know, weekly churchgoers necessarily. Right. I mean, you know, I'm, I am, you know, they're marketing it inside of their pair. So the people that are going to mass are the ones that are, the people that are going to, are the ones that are hearing this. Um, you know, at the parish missions, we get a broad range of people. Uh, I'd probably say the average age at our parish mission is 40. So mm -hmm. there's, there's a broad, you know, brush of people, which is always good. And it's just kind of, again, for the local parish. Now, when I go into men's conferences and, or uh, marriage conferences or things, you're going to get a lot, a lot of different uh, people there as well. But yeah, so I mean, it's it's most of the time those kind of events. Gotcha. Okay. Book recommendations. I always ask everybody. Um, I'm a. I uh, actually listen to a lot more books than I physically read with my eyes. Sure. But what um, books do you recommend? And you can either go, uh, uh, you know, Catholic books, or if there's other books, I don't know what type of books you typically read. But just what are what are three of your favorite books? Uh, Dr. Peter Kraft. I want you to read every – he's got over 80 books, and I'm not going to give you three. I'm going to give you 80, and I want you to uh, look up Dr. Peter Kraft, K-R-E-E-F-T. The man has changed my life in ridiculous ways, and it's probably the biggest honor for me is being able to share the stage with him at different conferences. And I, I literally just go out and sit down, um, you know, backstage. I'm just asking. He's a philosopher. So he is, you know, questions for him, he says, are like steak sandwiches. You know, I mean, he just eats them up. So I'm just constantly asking him questions and, 
the man has, has played a fundamental role in my life uh, like you wouldn't believe. So Dr. Peter Kreeft, K-R-E-E-F-T, uh, get that author. And he's a guy that you can read even if you're not you know, Catholic. Um, you know, he certainly has different Catholic books for sure, but he's also a philosopher and his philosophy is just gold. And so it's really beautiful. Mm. Um, and any, or that's your, that's your, uh, there's plenty of content in his books to say that those, we'll just say those are your recommendation. Anything by him? I'd recommend there really are, but I want you to start with him. Whoever, gotcha. whoever's into this, if you're into your faith a little bit, do you want to know more about God in general? what this whole God thing is all about, what we mean when we even say God or you like philosophy, uh, look up Dr. Peter Craig. So favorite movie. I'm not a movie guy, to be honest with you. I, I'm really not. I, uh, I think my favorite movie is always the last one that I've seen. <laughs> so, I, and that would be, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't even tell you the last movie I saw. Honestly, I cannot tell you the last one. I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't watch a lot of shows. I'm a sports nut. So okay. I'll tell you everything you want to know about the Cubs. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, I'll tell you what you want to know about the Vikings and my Iowa State Cyclones. That's my release is sports. Um, so I, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing, but I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't watch a lot of movies um, or shows. It's just not really my thing. Did you play sports in high school or college? I did. I, I've lost a significant amount of weight since then. I lost about 110 pounds. So I, I was pretty big when I was in high school uh, and college. So I, uh, I wasn't very good at a lot of them. You know, I played varsity tennis, but I, I had to play doubles because I was too big to run around the court. So that was, um, you know, I, I love playing pickup basketball now. So I'll go and play, you know, pick up for, for a workout. And I, I try to put an emphasis on working out every day and doing something. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've just... I don't know. I've just latched onto them, them cubbies. Hmm. And how can people get in touch with you? Go to my website. So it's John without the age, John Uh, or if you're, I don't know if you're maybe working for a Catholic church, you want a parish mission surge of the .com or Catholic parish mission.com are, are the simplest ways. And my email's right on there. That's my personal email. Uh, and so you can reach out anytime. Gotcha. And now I have, uh, 10 rapid fire questions that are completely, it's got a, a huge list. I'm just going to pull out 10 randomly. You okay. can give one word answers. You don't need to justify everything um, or justify anything. Um, so uh, what is your favorite summer activity? Uh, grill outs. Who is your favorite cartoon character and why? Mm. Uh, Big Bird, because I grew up on him. Nice. If a movie were made of your life, what genre would it be? Uh, <laughs> uh, comedy, for sure. And if you could have, if you could be any flavor of ice cream, what flavor would you be? Oh, you got to go chocolate, just plain chocolate. Are you a morning or night person? Night. What's your favorite hobby? Watching sports. What's the one thing that annoys you the most? Uh, late flights. What is the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Straight. Oh, uh, I grew up and still eat to this day cottage cheese and mayonnaise. Hmm. And uh, what is the what is one of your weird quirks? One of my weird quirks. Um, wow. 
wow, what is, I have so many quirks. <laughs> all of them right now. Uh, probably I hit snooze five times before an hour and a half before my show. <laughs> and uh, describe this is the last question. Describe yourself in three words. Passionately Catholic today. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So um, I, that is all that I have for you. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time today. Um, and now you are off to a uh, uh, mission or keynote. What yes, do you have sir. coming up? Yes, sir. That's awesome. Well, good luck with that. Um, God bless and thank you very much. Hey, God bless you, man. Take care. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on the Pursuit of Purpose podcast. Find the podcast on Instagram at pursuitofpurpose.pod. Um, and you can also uh, visit the website chriskiefer.net. Um, for a full list of episodes and some other articles and things that I post. Don't forget to check the show notes for links and other articles or materials that were mentioned in the show. And thank you very much for your attention. You're listening to the Pursuit of Purpose podcast. Wisdom, stories, and advice from successful entrepreneurs and inspirational people.